Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Have you received the Lord Jesus, and is He now in you? We all can testify strongly, at least we hope so, that we have received the Lord and that He is in us. But has the Lord been transfigured in you? We need the Lord to grow in us until He blossoms. That blossoming will be the transfiguration of the Lord Jesus in us in a practical way. Such a transfiguration is the kingdom of God. This is Matt Miller with Bill Lawson for the Life Study of Mark program number 55. Welcome back, Bill. It's good to be back, Matt. Bill, I selected the portion that I just read from the printed Life Study of Mark, message number 66. And for those who are interested, it's on page 556. Would you like to comment about that portion before we go to Witness Lee for today's life study. The thought here, Matt, concerning the uh, kingdom and the manifestation and transfiguration and so on is quite deep here. Uh, I, I really enjoy your opening comment that have you received the Lord Jesus Christ, and I would uh, just probably assume that uh, all the radio listeners today, they probably almost all of them have received the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. This was my experience, Matt, almost 45 years ago, when I was in high school in, uh, in a city called Gary, Indiana, I received the Lord when I was 16. And of course, at that time, it was quite a marvelous experience. I opened my heart to the Lord. I received him. I was saved. My sins were washed away. And then right away, I became very active in a local church uh, situation. But looking back, I had no thought here that uh, the Christ that I received it was just a seed like in, uh, in Mark chapter 4. And I had also no idea that this seed that I received uh, needs to grow in me, needs to blossom in me, and even to develop into a kingdom. So this is quite a particular point here in the Gospel of Mark, that the Lord that we received, it's not just a once and for all thing. After we receive a Lord, this very one within us is just a seed, a small seed. His life is in us, his person is in us, but this life needs to grow, it needs to develop, it needs to blossom in us into the real kingdom of God. Well, Bill, let's go to Witness Lee now for today's life study from his original speaking in Anaheim, California on March 31st, 1984. Now, I take a little chance to uh, give you a clear view about the kingdom of God in the New Testament. The kingdom of God in the New Testament is not a physical realm in which God exercises his authority to carry out his ruling governmental administration. And that we may enter into this realm to enjoy some kind of so-called blessings forever. You must drop this concept. This is a wrong concept. There's not such a thing in the New Testament. No, 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 no. What is revealed in the New Testament at the kingdom of God is a person, not a physical realm. 
a person. And this person is the embodiment of the triune God. And this person is just Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He came to be the kingdom. Okay? Then, this morning I give you one verse, verse 1. You read it. It says, And he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some of those standing here who shall by no means taste death until they see the kingdom of God came in power. Right away, what follows? The transfiguration. The transfiguration is the coming of the kingdom. That's not a physical realm. That is a person transfigured. When Jesus was transfigured, that was the coming of the kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? Saints, it's just Jesus himself. The kingdom of God is just Jesus himself. Transfigured. Okay, Bill, let's stop here and dwell on this common misunderstanding among Christians that the kingdom of God is a material realm and compare it to Jesus' transfiguration that Witness Lee just referred to in Mark chapter 9. True, Matt, this is a very common misunderstanding, especially when we study the Old Testament. We look at everything in the Old Testament, how the Lord eventually threw David and Solomon, those were physical kingdoms. They were physical material kingdom on the earth, the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of Judah, and so on. But when we come to the New Testament, this is not the case any longer. In the New Testament, when the Lord was, of course, incarnated as a man, he he grew up right uh, there in Nazareth. Eventually, he began his ministry at the age of 30. Then he began to travel and speak for about three and one-half years. And here in his ministry here, as recorded in Mark chapter 9, he's talking about uh, seeing the kingdom of God coming in power. And we would uh, think, again, that this is something material, something physical, something outward, but really it is not, because in those verses just after that, he talks about his being transfigured, and that means his entire being, his spirit, his soul, and body was brought into a realm of the divine glory and the expression of that glory, and the kingdom of God here, Matt, is just the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. This is not easy for us to understand. You know, to help out, Bill, I'd like to maybe read those verses in Mark 9 in case our listeners aren't familiar with them, starting with verse 1. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there are some of those standing here who shall by no means taste death until they see the kingdom of God having come in power. And then verse 2, And after six days Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and brought them up alone into a high mountain privately, and he was transfigured before them. And his garments became sparkling, exceedingly white, such as no fuller on earth could whiten them. I'm going to stop there, Bill, because... That really tells the story of the transfiguration, doesn't it? And it's obvious that those that were with him were seeing the kingdom of God in Jesus' transfiguration. That's right, Matt. It's the very person himself. The kingdom of God is just the very embodiment of the triune God, the very person of Christ 
who in Mark chapter 4 was sown into us as the seed. So the Lord is the sower in Mark 4. He's the seed in Mark 4. And he sowed himself into us, the redeemed and regenerated believers. And now the kingdom seed or the kingdom gene, G-E-N-E, has been sown into us. Now that seed, that gene of the kingdom has to grow in us, has to develop in us, has to blossom in us, has to be expressed so we become the full expression of of the very Christ himself. That is the kingdom of God. Not the material realm as described in the Old Testament that you referred to. I was considering two of you look into uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 6, right before the Lord was uh, ascended. He was with the disciples and the disciples were quite excited. They were with him those 40 days in resurrection. At one point the the disciples came to him and said, Lord, is this the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And right away the Lord said, this is not the times for, uh, for me to get into these matters. So even at that point, the disciples still had a concept that the old Davidic and Solomonic kingdom there in the Old Testament would be restored by the Lord, but the Lord again is speaking in another realm. He has no intention, you know, to dwell in that realm. His intention is to sow himself into human beings, grow up in us, develop in us, and this Christ himself as the kingdom is enlarged in his believers, and every person that receives the Lord becomes an enlargement of that kingdom. That's a good lead into the next section, Bill. Let's go on with, to, to see how this transfiguration of Jesus relates to us believers in Christ in an experiential way. Here's Witness Lee. On the day when you believed in the Lord Jesus, you received a Jesus not transfigured. Could you hear this? You received Jesus not transfigured. Just like the soil received the seed. And the seed was not transfigured. What is the transfiguration of the seed? That is the growing up, the blossoming. When the seed grows out of the earth and blossoms, that is the transfiguration of the seed. And you are the soil. And Jesus is seed. When you received him into you, you received Jesus, not transfigured. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus? Yes, I do. Have you received him? Yes, surely I have. Is Jesus in you? Hallelujah. He is in me. But in you, not transfigured. So people couldn't see the kingdom of God in you. When Jesus got transfigured in your life, in your daily life, that transfiguration becomes the kingdom of God, ruling everything in your daily life, regulating everything, and uh, giving you the full enjoyment of God. For years, years, I knew this story of transfiguration, but never realized that transfiguration should be practical in our daily life. We all have Jesus within us, but not transfigured. So you knew there is only the seed of the kingdom, but no appearance of the kingdom. But on the day of transfiguration on Mount Hermon, I tell you, there was a kind of appearing, coming of the kingdom. By this you can see the kingdom of God is not a physical realm. 
is just the transfiguration of this person, Jesus himself. Bill, I really like this connection from the seed of the gospel being the kingdom in chapter 4 to the transfiguration of Jesus in chapter 9 and how the witness Lee connects him here to show a marvelous revelation of the transfigured Jesus. Many Christians today, they just have an untransfigured Jesus in them. And it's like a seed versus something that's blossoming. And what a picture. It's it's really a, a critical thing to see here, isn't it, Bill? True, Matt. The revelation here is just astounding. To Listen to a phrase like, we received a Jesus not transfigured yet. Of course, in my background, I know most of the other believers that I've known over the years, we thought that once we receive Jesus, we, we have everything. We don't need to do anything more. I'm saved. I'm regenerated. I'm not going to be in the lake of fire. I'm not going to hell. So all I need to do is kind of live a good Christian life and go to church and read my Bible, and I'm okay, but it's not okay. When we see this revelation that the Lord Jesus that we have received is an untransfigured Jesus, this this is a, somewhat of a shocking thing, showing that this, the seed that we receive in us, this seed has to grow, develop, blossom, bloom in us so that the seed of the kingdom that was sown in us is fully manifested so that others can see the kingdom of God in us also. So there's really a need for us to grow in the divine life and allow the Lord who has been sown into us in seed form to develop fully into maturity in the kingdom of God. You know, Bill, it's kind of a sad thing to think that so many Christians would be satisfied, as you described, by just receiving the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's not the end. To receive the Lord is to be born again. Right. But is it enough to be born? No, we have to grow up. Would you glory in a seed? <laughs> do, do you ever give someone a bag of seeds? No, you give them flowers. Right. You know, that's the blossoming, the glories in the flower. And this is really what the Lord wants with us, isn't it? He wants to present something beautiful through us, but it doesn't happen without some growth. Right. You want to talk a little about that growth before we go on? Right. In order for this seed to grow, Matt, we have to open to the Lord every day. We have to turn to him. We have to allow him the room in us to spread. You know, he comes into our spirit. We know that. But he doesn't want to be imprisoned in our spirit. He needs to branch out, right? Spread out into our soul. That's our mind, our emotion, and our will. So we have to allow him every day. We need to turn to him, enjoy him partake of him, read his word. We need to grow by feeding on the pure milk of the word, as mentioned in Peter. We need to, like it's mentioned in Matthew, the Lord said, blessed are the uh, poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of the heavens. In other words, to be poor in spirit there is to be unloaded, to empty ourselves of everything, of our religion, our ethics, our everything, philosophies, everything that frustrate the growth of the seed within us. The seed is wanting to grow, but we have weeds in us in a sense, right? We have weeds in us still that are frustrating the growth of the seed within us. When we open to him, turn to him, allow the Lord room in us, Lord, gain me, make your home in my heart. That allows this seed within us in seed form to begin to grow, develop, blossom into the kingdom of God. Bill, that verse in Matthew chapter 5 verse 3 is a good lead into our final portion with Witness Lee, and and I'll read a verse in Mark chapter 10 verse 23, which is a contrast to being poor in spirit and having the kingdom. And it says, and Jesus 
looking around, said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. So that's the opposite of being poor in spirit, is having riches. But we'll see there's a lot more meaning to this than just meets the eye. Here's Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. For years, I couldn't understand this kind of word. It is hard for rich men to enter into the kingdom of God. I said to myself, God is not fair. Why could the poor one enter, but not the rich one? I couldn't understand. You tell me, why the rich man couldn't enter the kingdom of God? Because his entire being is fully occupied. There's no space for Christ to grow in him, into a kingdom. Then you may say, hallelujah, I'm not a rich man, I'm a poor man. Don't say this. You are quite rich. You are rich. What is to be rich? That simply means to be occupied by something. To be occupied something other than this triune God. That is to be rich. My, I met hundreds of Christians. They all got rich. They all got rich. Rich in their concept. Rich in their understanding of the Bible. Rich in the traditional theology. Rich in this condition, that condition. Oh, they are rich. They have not one eight, an inch space for the Lord Jesus to grow within them. I check with myself, man, are you still not being occupied by something? By your kind of concept concerning the Bible? Well, I'm fearful. It might be. But anyhow, we all have to be empty. We all have to be unloaded that our being will be emptied for Jesus. Keep every inch of your human capacity for Jesus' growth. When the soul came to sow himself into you at the soil, he expected surely that you would empty yourself. You will unload yourself to give him the full capacity to grow in you, in full. This growing is the entering. This growing of Christ is you entering into the kingdom. Because this growing is the developing of the kingdom. My burden is to try the best to help all of us to receive such a view that would revolutionize our entire Christian life. This is my burden. Well, Bill, I'd like to repeat Witness Lee's burden and then ask for your final comments on the program today. He said that his burden is to try his best to help all of us receive a view that would revolutionize our entire Christian life. This is really not a small thing, is it? Definitely not a small thing. Uh, I think it's hard, Matt. I think you would agree for us to improve on Brother Lee's utterance here. He not only has the, the view, the vision, he has the utterance, and he has the heart and burden to speak these words 
that if we could enter into these words would truly revolutionize our daily life and we would not just be common typical believer who is veiled, who is rich, and we're all rich uh, as believers. We're rich in our doctrines, we're rich in our teachings, we're rich in our philosophies, our concepts, our opinions, even to be spiritual, holy, victorious, all these kind of things. These things, they fill us with things that are not Christ himself, and they don't allow this seed that has been sown into us to grow, to develop, and to blossom. So, But if we would, by the Lord's mercy, open ourselves to the Lord every day, allow the Lord to have more room in us, make his home in our heart, like Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, that we could be filled unto all the fullness of God, then truly this would revolutionize our daily life. It's not just that we would have a different teaching or different understanding, but that our living, our daily life would be different. We would be those who are living Christ, who are growing in Christ, who are developing in the divine life and divine nature, and ones who are having a rich entrance into the kingdom of God. Bill, I can't help but think about the picture of the all-inclusive Christ, which is the promised good land in Israel, and that's really our portion of Mm -hmm. Christ. That's what Witness Lee's talking about here, where the seed would grow without competition. Yet around the good land, there's three main places. There's Babylon, Mm -hmm. Sodom, and Egypt. And Egypt to the south was the material, worldly good things, the worldly pleasures. And then Sodom was the wicked, sinful things, and then Babylon was the good religious things. So you have religion, you have material, worldly good things, and then you have sinful things. Whether it's sinful, whether it's good, or whether it's religious, it shouldn't take the place of the soil in our being for Christ to grow, should it? That's right. These things, like you say, Matt, they surround our spirit, trying to choke our spirit, not allowing the Lord as the seed to grow in us, We really need a daily life. It's not just a matter of getting more Bible knowledge, attending more seminars, and this kind of thing. We need a daily life where Christ himself, the person, is added to us, is growing in us, is perfecting us. The very element of Christ has to be added to us every day, and then this will eventually develop into the real kingdom of God. Well, I really hope, Bill, that as a result of today's program, some of our listeners out there would actually give up more of the ground in their heart to the Lord and give the Lord a way to grow more in them. Thanks for coming in and being with me today. We've run out of time. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you also for joining us. Uh, We'd love it if you could call us and give us your response to today's program. Our phone number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry. P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. One little P.S. to the program I want to add today is the MP3s of the radio programs that are now available. We've had a lot of uh, response uh, to people who've been listening everywhere to the radio programs, whether it's in hospital waiting rooms or driving in their cars. We get calls and emails and of encouragement that we've now recently made available all of the programs to be downloaded from our website for free in MP3 format. So you can put them right on your iPods or MP3 players to go to the gym or whatever you want to do. So we really want to encourage you to take advantage of that by going to our website at lsmradio.org. On behalf of Bill Lawson, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today. Here, Lord, we give-
God views the church, the redeemed believers, from a heavenly perspective. Far from seeing her as defeated by the power of sin and sins, God views the church as the triumphant and glorious counterpart of Christ, who fully expresses the one who fills all in all. In The Glorious Church, Watchman Nee discusses four significant representations of the church in the Bible. Eve in Genesis chapter 2, the wife in Ephesians 5, the woman in Revelation 12, and the bride in Revelation 21 and 22. In each instance, he presents the church's high calling to fulfill God's eternal purpose. Recently discovered handwritten notes supplement this new and fresh translation of the glorious church, making it the most complete record of the messages given by Watchman Nee in the fall of 1939 and the fall of 1942. The appendix, The Overcomers and God's Dispensational Moves, is a significant never-before-published portion of these notes. The Glorious Church by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available now at Christian bookstores or call 1-888-543-3788.